when you really have encountered, things change. Victory is mine before my eyes can see. You need a new birth experience. Now there's nothing that can keep me from my promise. Set apart to God. Direct access. What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing well, man. Here we are, breaking through with James Levesque. I'm James Levesque. I want to thank you for tuning in today. And I believe today is your day for breakthrough. I want to talk today about a demand for faith. Look, here we are. I believe that if there's anything this nation needs today, it's that there's a demand for faith. You know, I had the privilege of being with Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, really just about three weeks before he passed away, we went to his house, spent the day with him. It was really a life-changing situation, really was a life-changing opportunity. When you're around somebody that has literally won, what, 89 million souls to the Lord? I mean, you like, am I saved? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'll tell you what happened in that situation. When he passed, something ha was different in my heart. You know, we, I've seen generals of the faith move on and it did something different to me this time. And, and, and what I really realized was I was lamenting, not just for Reinhard Bonnke, who's a hero, a general of the faith. He finished his race. I realized the lamenting I was doing was for you, right? Where are the generals today? Where are the people of faith today? There's just, when you're around these great men of God, you realize they don't, they don't make that cloth, right? That, they don't make that anymore. Why? Because we live in a crazy day today, right? Christianity, you may not even realize it, but it's being redefined right in front of you, right? You know, I just got to tell you, the devil wants to redefine what Christianity is. He wants to shut the mouth of the believers so you're not walking in victory and power. And that's why I believe today, more than any day we've ever lived in, there's a demand for faith. I believe more, this is why the fight seems so great. This is why you seem more distracted than you've ever been. Because God is looking. The Bible says that this earth is groaning for the manifest sons of God. It is time for the awakeners to arise. It is time for those that will believe God in his word. Miracles, signs, and wonders. The power of God on display. And that's what we want to do on this broadcast. Each and every day, we're coming into your homes and we're calling the awakeners. This is an empowerment. This is an anointing. This is an impartation for you to be equipped in everything God has called you to do. It is time to fan the flame within. Look, the anointing of God is all we have. Friends, I got to tell you, it's everything to me. I'm not qualified in my own strength. I dropped out of high school. What makes me amazing is the power and the presence of God in my life because I'm nothing. But that hunger is all I want. And I believe that there is a clarion call to come back to God. There is a demand for faith on this earth for people to come back to what they've always known is true. Get back to the gospel. Get back to the power of God. I have the privilege of pastoring amazing churches in Connecticut, and recently one Sunday I got into my Jeep, and I was backing up in, in uh, Jeremy. 
Jeremy came out and it, it's, you know, I'm doing, I do so many services on the weekend, right? I'm preaching at one and jumping in the car to the next. And as I was like backing up and the ushers are like, all right, he's got to get to the next service. Jeremy comes out and he waves at me. So I stop. It's Jeremy, man. I rolled down the window. I said, hey, man, what's going on? I'm like, I'm like running to the next church. He said, pastor, I just want to thank you for everything you've done. I looked at Jeremy and I said, man, I've not done anything, Jeremy, but you are a miracle of God. You, my friend, are a testimony of God's grace. Let me tell you about Jeremy. A few months earlier, I got a phone call. I was like, uh, I'll do these phases with food, you know what I mean? And I was like in a grilled cheese phase. Man, I look. Who would have known butter's the secret to a good grilled cheese, right? I was in this grilled cheese face, and I was like making grilled cheese, and I realized you got to butter the breads, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of rye toast, some aged cheddar. I was in. My mouth's watering as I'm talking to you. I came home from the office, and I literally had the grilled cheese ready to go. I got it, and it was crispy. I sliced it. It is a point where it's like, it's an experience, ladies and gentlemen, when, when, when you know, a grilled cheese is coming. And all of a sudden, my phone rang. It was Jeremy's mom. I said, hello? I just answered the phone. I'm like ready to devour this meal. She said, it's my son. They said he's, he's going to die. They said he's probably dead right now. He got in a horrible car accident, she told me. I'm sitting here over my food, man. She said he was driving and a big truck came and hit him and they found him bloody all over the side of the road or right in the middle of the road where, and they said he's, he's not responsive and they think he's pretty much dead. They're life starring him to the hospital right now and she said this she said pastor I didn't even know what to do I've called you before I called you know anybody in my life I gotta tell you something friends that does something to you God believes that we can walk in power right miracle signs and wonders it was all paid for on the cross but the reality is the best time to operate in miracles is not on the job training it's living in the realm of the kingdom. And when, when a mom calls you and says, I believe my son has died, I don't know what to do, what are you supposed to do, ladies and gentlemen? This isn't about a super pastor. I'm talking to you. God wants to prepare you to deal with this kind of stuff. And right at that moment, I looked up to heaven. You don't even have much time. And I was like, God, what is happening? And I had a vision. In the vision, I saw Jeremy laying on the ground in these chains on top of him, like chains of death. But then I saw, oh, thank you, Lord. I saw angels going to the scene and, and, and breaking off chains from off his body. And I said to his mother, I said, the Lord has shown me a vision and the chains of death are being removed and I don't know what's going on and I don't know where Jeremy is, but he is going to live. God is going to save his life and resurrect him again. Friends, it sounds wonderful, but in the face of contrary evidence, what's happening? That's where faith operates. And I said, why don't you call the hospital, call the doctors, call the authorities, do whatever you got to do. Keep me posted. But I believe that was a word from the Lord for you, and I'm here if you need me. She hung up. A couple hours later, I heard a phone call. She said, Jeremy is in a coma. They said he's probably brain dead. Even if he comes out of it, they said he's going to be a vegetable. Can you just come pray? Well, I got a word from the Lord. I know how to hear his voice. What do I do? I stand on the word. And I remember rushing to the hospital, and we got there, and here Jeremy is laying out, really, I mean, just a sheet over him. He's just, you know, he's on life support, really. He was, he was in a coma. He, wasn't, he was in a coma. And we walked in there, and, and, you know, the machines are going, and 
his mom's in the room and I'm standing over Jeremy and I was like, well, I've got to pray. I wish I had another word from the Lord, friends. I wish I got another vision. I wish it was as crazy as you thought. But I said, look, I don't know what to do right now, but I believe the word that God spoke to me. And as we stood over this young man, we began to pray and we began to believe that he was going to be healed. We began to believe that he was going to see a mighty resurrection. And we prayed, and guess what? Nothing happened at the moment. I looked at his mother, I looked at his girlfriend at the time, and I said, look, God gave us a word. It's not me, it's the word of God. That's where my hope and my confidence is. It's in the word. And I said, that's all we have hope in. And here's the deal. We prayed believing that the word is true. And we left it as it is. I said, call me. I believe things are going to happen. I believe things are going to change. And I went back to the house. I think it was the next day I got a phone call. Oh, no, I think it was later that night. And it was his mom. She said, well, you're not going to believe what's going on. I think things might have took a turn for the worse. And I said, what's happening? I mean, where, do you, where does the worse go from there? And she said, I was in the room with Jeremy. And he came up out of the, he was shaking. He came up out of the coma. He was medically induced in it too. He came out of the coma and he said to his mother, don't worry, they're guarding me, they're with me. And he went back out and convulsed. Well, she don't know what's going on. She's already having a hard time. She's like, what is happening? You know, and she's so heightened at that point. She's like, you know, the doctor's socks had like Halloween stuff on them. I'm like, who cares? And she's like, what do you think it means? I'm like, what do I think it means? It means that they're here for him, that God, the angels that ripped off the chains are gonna heal him. And guess what? It was only a couple days later that he went into another facility for rehab and he came out of everything. And today, he's a healthy young man, serving God strong. And why do I tell you that story? Because God wants to prepare you for miracles. When I look at what's happening on this earth today, it's a direct connection to believers. I know you don't want to hear it. When I see darkness increase on the earth, I'm, I'm worried about the church, the people of God. Because God wants to prepare you for miracles, and you have to realize today there's a demand for faith, and the first thing that I need to tell you is it's for you. This miracle power is for you. This miracle power is to change your life. It's not for this preacher. It's not for somebody else that you might look up to in ministry. It is you. The power of God, the gospel is available for you. And I want you to realize if there's anything you got to realize today is you've been marked for awakening. God has marked you for miracles. And it's time that you believe it and you can begin to walk in all that God has for you. It is time to feast yourself on fresh food, right? Come on, fresh bread. Uh, as a pastor, I get concerned when I look at churches today. Man, are they, are they serving fresh bread? Come on. A lot of churches are like cold ovens that have been turned off. You know, the Bible says Naomi left Jerusalem. You know what Jerusalem means? House of bread. People leave the house of bread for one reason, friends, and it's because there's stale bread being served. And today we see a Christianity where people are eating rotten bread. The message of the gospel has been watered down. The message of power has been so weakened that many people uh, have walked away from the things of God. They've walked away from the Holy Spirit. But I'm prophesying to you and I'm telling you today, we are in an hour of miracles. We are in an hour of breakthrough. We are in an hour of transformation. And the question is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you going to still sit on the sidelines and just stay on your time out? Are you going to jump in and believe that every promise that God has spoken will come to pass? You may say, well, pastor, I've had so many words. I've had so many promises and it just hasn't happened in my life. That's fine. 
The Bible says hope deferred makes your heart sick. Look at some of y'all, your heart is sick. But I promise you this, when desire is realized, come on, when desire is realized, it becomes a tree of life. And that's what you need to realize in your life today. When you realize the promises, come on. Everything that God said he's going to do, he's going to do through your life. You know, look, the truth is we are so aware, right? One of my problems with this weird climate that we live in today is everybody is just like wanting to be aware of things. Well, I'm aware of this and I'm aware of man, Awareness ain't bringing change. The problem with some of y'all Christians is you're so aware of darkness that you're not even responding to light. And the truth is this, you are going to reflect the realm that you're most aware of. There's two things that control temperatures in most houses. It's a thermostat and it's a thermometer. Most Christians I know, unfortunately, they're thermometers. All you're doing is reflecting the darkness around you. Right? You might go to church. Well, Betty, I had a bad dream. Oh, girl, I did too. Oh, the devil's beating us up. Oh, you're, you're just reflecting what your surroundings are. And that is not what you were created to be. As a Christian, you were created to be a thermostat. You know what thermostats do? They change the environment around them. Man, you're talking about 120 people in the upper room that Jesus gave power to, and they shook the world. Gallup poll said there were like a half a billion people on the earth that claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We ain't never seen more darkness rampant as we have it today. It's not a Holy Spirit problem. It's a, it's, it's a yes problem. It's us saying, you know what, God? I want to be aware of your realm. I want to be aware of the kingdom. I don't want to be aware of darkness. I don't want to be aware of demons. I don't just want to be aware of all things that aren't happening right now. You've got to be aware of light. And that's how you become a thermostat and not a thermometer. That's how you become a Christian that is effective, changing, changing the environment around you. What does that mean? That means when you walk into a room and someone's dying with cancer, the odds change. What does that mean? That means no demon in hell can stand against the power of the Holy Ghost inside of you. That is what we're supposed to live with. But a lot of people won't break through if they don't believe that it's for them. And so I'm going to tell you today, God has something greater in your life. God has something more powerful for you than you could ever, ever realize. I want to talk to you for a few moments about Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts. Sounds crazy, right? A little bit of food. We had an amazing mother of faith in our church one time named Heidi Baker, good friend of ours. We love her. This, this woman is just life-changing, right? I mean, she has seen a whole nation shaken. She told us one time this story, and she said that, you know, because you know, we feed like maybe up to 100 a day, maybe 4,000 a month. And she's like, James, we're feeding you know, 35,000 a day. And I'm like, what? But she said something happened. They were running low on food, and they had more people to feed than ever before. And something happened. She got a call, and the call was like, hey, we have this barge of food, literally a barge of food. And they're like, it's kind of stuck at the, 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 the water there in Mozambique. You can have it. You have to pry it open, but in it is a bunch of food for you guys uh, that, you know, you guys can feast on. Well, they did. Kids were hungry. Everybody's excited. What could be in it, right? Turkey, dinner, food. And when they cracked it open, you would not believe what was there. Rainbow-sprinkled Pop-Tarts. Can you believe that? Well, at first they were like, it's Pop-Tarts. These kids in Africa, man, they never seen Pop-Tarts before. They were so excited. And then they started eating the Pop-Tarts. And then something crazy happened. They started to get 
sick. Can you believe this? Hungry kids in Africa were like, yo, I don't want new Pop-Tarts. So they started puking, and then many of them would rather go hungry. They were like, I'm, I'm okay, I don't even want to eat that food anymore. They would rather go hungry than eat Pop-Tarts. What am I saying? What are, what, what are we feasting on, right? Are the churches of America in the world today, are they, are they just serving stale Pop-Tarts? Are we giving the bread of heaven? Are we making sure that we are reflecting the unseen realm around us? Are we making sure that, you know, that we are, uh, you know, we are the ones that God has put in this earth? Think about it. He died on the cross. He gave us the Holy Spirit, right? He gave us the power without measure. I mean, think about this. Like, what in the world, man? This is what I tell people all the time. You are the awakeners for this great end time revival. I just said it. Look around the room, dude. It's you. It ain't nobody else. Cellulite and all, baby. It's you. We're not waiting for some dude to run up in here on a white horse. It's you. It's believing that it's you. He, what did he do? You know, how much does God trust you? How much has he entrusted you with? You know what that means? That means that he gave you everything on the cross. Think about it. That's how I measure trust. I don't let my seven-year-old drive a car. I don't let, you know, how do you measure trust by what you've been entrusted with? And I have to tell you today, we've been entrusted with everything. The Bible says he gave us everything to live this life in godliness. He gave us all power, Luke chapter 9, Matthew 10, 8, all power, all authority. Why would he give us all? Because the size of the call that you've been called to. That's why he gives us all. Think about this, man. He gave you everything, man, so we would live this life in God and serve him with, with, with our whole hearts and realize that we are the response. When God looked at this earth to bring a great awakening, he looked for people that he would fill them with his power and fill them with his presence, that they would do the works of God on this earth. That's phenomenal, man. That is amazing. You can't get more than the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. But what are we aware of? Right? I remember when uh, the gay marriage thing happened in Connecticut. It was, it was many years ago now. They, uh, um, it was like, I don't remember, many years ago. But what they did is they passed that, you know, gay marriage or whatever was legal. And, and Christians started acting crazy, man. Christians started getting frustrated, confused, what's happening, oh no. And I'm like, yo, do you not realize that like, this is a direct connection to the disobedience of Christians? Hear me clearly. When I look at darkness increase on the earth, it is not even close. It is directly connected to the lack of obedience in Christians. I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. If darkness breeds darkness, guess what it's going to birth? More darkness. So I tell you this. If the Christians of the world do nothing, if the Christians of the world do nothing and just stay out of the way, darkness is going to increase on this earth. When I see darkness rising, it, I believe it's an indictment on the church. Think about this. I believe Jesus is pressing through crowds and a woman came through the crowds with the issue of blood and she touched him. And you know what Jesus said? Who touched me? Wait, what, man? Hold on, Jesus. Do you not realize that every single person in this room is touching you? Do you not realize like every person here is touching you? When Jesus said who touched me, it was an indictment on the disciples. Because they were touching him, but they weren't touching him with the touch of faith. That woman pressed through with the touch of faith and saw breakthrough in her life. And I'm telling you today, we must touch heaven with the touch of faith. I'm telling you today, 
that, that as darkness increases on the earth, you know, we must rise up in this hour. I'm talking about blood-bought saints of the Most High. I'm talking about spirit-filled Christians. It is you and I that are going to see our world and our region shaken by the power of the gospel. It's you and I. It's not anybody else. But we've got to make sure that our yes is yes. And we've got to realize, like, you know, the book of Ephesians says, redeem the time. Why am I redeeming the time? Because the days are evil. And we've got to realize today that as we redeem the time, it's directly because evil is increasing on this earth. What do you believe? What do you believe? My hope is not in politics. Come on now, my hope is not in some election. My hope is not in the nations of the world. Look, my hope is not in people. My hope is in Christ. And when I look at the remedy of the God-sized need on the earth, it's a God hole that he, only he can fill. And he's looking for people, awakeners, that will walk in breakthrough, that will believe him at his word, eliminate every distraction, surrender all, and let's see, this God, let's see the world shaken by the power of the gospel. Why don't you believe? Why don't you believe that he has called you and he gave you everything for such a time as this? Let me ask you a question that God asked me years ago. If you could do anything for God and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Think about that. If you had unlimited time, resources, power, everything at your disposal, what are you, what are you doing? I'm sure you ain't sitting at home being a barren believer. Come on, somebody. What are you doing? You probably do something to change this world for God. You probably believe that he's with you. You probably would stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to make a mark in this earth. I'm going to make a difference. That's why you're here. That's why he gave you everything. For some of you, you're like a cage and the Holy Spirit's a bird that wants out. Come on now. It's time to let the Holy Spirit out of your life. It's time to make new commitments to the Lord that you are going to have a part to play in this mighty end time harvest. Man, I don't, feel, I don't feel like I'm qualified. None of us are, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the touch of God. It's the only thing I hope in. It's the only thing I take confidence in is his presence. And that comes with, yes, that comes with living aware of him every single day of my life. That comes with, I, I can't be a good father unless it's presence. I can't be a husband unless it's presence. I can't be a pastor unless it's presence. Every area of my life must be dripping with that awareness that it's the only thing I want on the earth. I said to God years ago, if you make your presence the subject, I'll never change it. If you make your presence all that we live for, there ain't nothing else in this preacher's life. All I want is him. That's all we live for. And so part of why this broadcast is so important is because we're in, we're in crazy times, man. We are living in so uncertain times in this world that God is looking for awakeners. And this is going to be an ignition point for your life to catch on fire for God. This is going to be an ignition point for you to get off the sidelines and get in to what God has called you to do. Because the time is short. Can you believe Paul said Jesus is coming soon? What do you think that means for us right now? The time is short and we must see souls saved on this earth. We must see the gospel go forth like never before. And we must get off the sidelines into what God has called us to do. And that starts with realizing there is a demand for faith. If you got that call today, what are you going to do? If somebody said to you, Man, Susan, pray for me. If somebody said to you, man, Charlie, can you please, are, are you ready? Or are you going to just call a pastor to help pray? Are you going to email our prayer team? Well, like, are you ready for what God has called you to do? Because this is preparation hour, friends. It is time 
to get off the sidelines and focus on everything you are on this purpose for, right? Think about this. Like, like you don't have, like our life is a moment. When you see funerals, it's like, oh man, everybody's so like focused on death and, and eternity, but your life is a moment. What are you doing in that moment? Why are you on this earth? I hate to bring it to you, Grandma. You ain't on this earth to get sucked up by your grandkids. You ain't on this earth. I see, I see the lie, man. Oh, one day when I retire, I'm going to do the things of God. You retire, you got like a bad hip and an AARP card, right? Oh, one day, man, one day is a curse that you're going to take to your grave. Someday doesn't exist. The Bible says now faith is. That means right now faith is and it will be in your life. But are you making room for that? So this is crazy. You are making decisions right now, even during this broadcast, of if you want to stay on the sidelines or you want to get in the game because there's a demand for faith. And I know you're qualified because of what he gave you. Right. The Bible says in Romans eight, those that Christ foreknew, that's all of us. He predestined you to be the firstborn among many brothers, that you would be just like Christ. Are you ready to get in? Are you ready to get off, you know, the sidelines and all the distractions? Are you ready to let go of everything that's holding you back? Because the Lord made it very clear to me as I was pulling into the, the studio today. God said this. I'm going to break the chains that are holding people back from their past that are holding them back from their future. I am breaking the chains. So if you're watching this broadcast right now, there are chains connected to you that God wants to completely break off of your life and catapult you into a new season. You know what? I want to pray for you. Father, come on. Listen, you're watching this. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no accidents at all. You might not even know who I am. That's good. I don't know you either yet. But you know what? I know that God has sent me here with a message for you of freedom, a message for you for breakthrough. And today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today is the day that you see those chains and those lies broken off of your life. I want you to stretch your hands as we believe God for freedom right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for freedom. I thank you for breakthrough. And I pray for each and every person within the sound of my voice that the chains of their past that are holding them back are broken in the name of Jesus. They are broke. I declare freedom over you. I declare victory over you. I declare peace over you. I'm having a vision, and what I see is, is chains, kind of like that story of Jeremy. I'm seeing chains around people's minds. Some of you, you're being tormented in your mind. It's time to break the devil off of your mind. It's time to stop letting the enemy molest your thought processes. And if that's you, I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're sitting on a bus watching this. I don't care if you're—it doesn't matter. If you need breakthrough and freedom, I want you to lay hands on your mind. This ain't time to be worried about the left and the right. This is life or death. This is victory waiting for you. Lay your hands on your head right now. I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the chains that are binding. I break the chains that are holding people back. Satan, I break your power off the minds and I release the life of God. I release the touch of God. I tell you, you will sleep again in the name of Jesus. I curse that insomnia, that lie, that tormenting spirit is broken in the name of Jesus. I release freedom over you. I release, the Bible says, have no other mind but the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Come on, I want you to say it. I have the mind of Christ. I am free. Come on, say it. Man, you got to not say it like a pansy. I am 
am free. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for breakthrough, and I thank you for miracle power. The chains are broken. Look at me right now. It is a new day in your life. Listen to me clearly. Today marks a new day of, of, of freedom, of victory, of walking in God's power, of standing on his truth. In the ways of the old ways of the past are being broken. There is a re-enlisting happening right now across the body of Christ. And God is saying, are you ready to sign the contract? Are you ready to jump in and give your life to everything I've called you to? The answer is yes. Come on, I want to thank you for tuning in. Join us the next day. We love you. Signing off from beautiful Clearwater, Florida.